most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the week seven waiver edition of the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on, man? How you feeling? What's up? Uh, well, it's Monday morning, so that means I'm sulking over my Sunday night football prop. This is three weeks <laughs> in a row now. Uh, another brutal loss. Uh, it's on me this time. Chase Claypool did not even come close to 63 and a half receiving yards. It looked like he and Big Ben have never uh, caught passes from each other um, last night. So, yeah, that was bad. I- I'm going to bounce back tonight. I, I, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, but how are you doing? How yeah, was your I week did, six? I, I felt I didn't feel good about week six once I started looking yeah. at what happened. I mean, it was a very <laughs> low scoring week. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the I mean, some of the bets I made I felt like could have gone either way. Like the steers blew a big lead. You know, the Bears are in the game until late in the game. But overall, just a, a, a kind of one of those weird low scoring weeks. A lot of the running backs with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do well like Antonio Gibson. A lot of the, the guys who filled in did decently. So, um, you know, not the best week, I think. But uh, we got to keep grinding, man. Yeah, we're, we're due for a really good week uh, to make up for these, like, mediocre weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. Let's let's just step it up here. Week seven is our week. All right. And uh, <laughs> before, <laughs> funny you should say that, because before we get into week seven, we actually do have to do one more thing for week six. Let's talk about the Monday night football showdown slate. It's the Buffalo Bills visiting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, So, I mean, how do you see this one playing out from a DFS perspective? Maybe a little bit of a letdown spot for Buffalo coming off the big win against Kansas City. But uh, who do you like in that in that captain spot uh, for DFS? Yeah, so we need to see what's up with, you know, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. We'll, we'll have more information leading into lock. So uh, I'm just picking on the bills here. I think Stefan Diggs in the captain slot makes a ton of sense. I know he's going to be rostered heavily, but um, I think it's a good buy-low opportunity. You know, he's he's only caught four of his 12 targets downfield. Um, so, you know, I think he's due for some positive regression there. Um, wouldn't surprise me if Stefan Diggs just – tears it up tonight. So I think you, I mean, it's, it's going to be chalky, but going with Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen in the captain slot and then being contrarian elsewhere is probably how I'm going to handle this slate. Um, and then, like I said, we'll, we'll just kind of like wait until we get more news on Tennessee. Obviously we're going to want to uh, attack Tennessee at, you know, maybe some of the ancillary wide receivers or the running backs, but I'll get to that in the cheat codes. Uh, but how, how are you handling your captain slot tonight? Yeah, I love I love Diggs because yeah. I mean there's a couple of things, you know, from a data perspective, uh Tennessee is 22nd in, in DVOA to the left, eight to the right. Now I think that's that not gonna matter because Christian Fulton, their top corner, uh looks like he's gonna be out tonight. Wow. So either way you look at it, it's a blow-up spot for Diggs. I mean, he's got he has 10 more, 11 more targets than anyone else to you know the side of the field that Tennessee struggles with the most. Um, you know, the left side middle, and then he's their number one receiver. Christian Fulton being out is just a huge blow. His price came down because he only got 
two catches, I believe it was mm. last week. So love him. Uh, love me some Emmanuel Sanders in this spot as well. I think, you know, if it's not Diggs, it's probably going to be Sanders to have the big game, which is what we've seen. Uh, I, I like Sanders a little more than Dawson Knox tonight. Uh, just because of Tennessee has been really good at limiting catches by backs and tight ends, or I shouldn't say really good. They're just kind of funneling the ball, you know, to, to downfield. People are testing their secondary. And so I think that's going to continue with Josh Allen. So uh, I think you'll see the the guys who go deep, you know, Diggs and Sanders make the most plays. Uh, and, and then Zach Moss, if this game, yeah. he's obviously always a, you know, uh, the top running back, like, or the, the, the non top running back, but like a top, the top other starter besides Derrick Henry is always an interesting, like leverage contrarian play uh, in the captain spot. So are, are you not, are, are you not buying into the Dawson Knox hashtag homecoming game tonight? I guess he grew up down the street from the stadium. He's going to have friends and family there. Uh, certainly uh, wouldn't surprise me if he has a big game due to that, but are, are you fading that narrative tonight? <laughs> not that I'm fading it. It's just that, I, I mean, I think I have him as my, my tight end five or six for the week. Yeah. So I love Dawson Knox in the yeah. spot, but um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the most highly rostered players. So mm-hmm. I might not have quite as much, you know, in my multiple entries than the field, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I might go a little light because I mean, it's, he's like, you know, everyone's going to look at Dawson Knox and say, this is the guy, this is the play. And he could very well go off, but uh, I just think there's, you know, Diggs' price is, like you said, really good. It's come down, and it's come down because guys like Dawson Knox have seen an increase. So I think right now the way to play it is take advantage of that uh, if you're fading uh, Henry. And I know you, uh, you're you a little low on Henry this week compared to most weeks. Is, is that correct? Uh, yeah, low being my RB1 still. Uh, there right. was, so there were some times yesterday where I had Kareem Hunt uh, RB one, but, uh, senses prevailed and I ended up ranking him RB two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even though, uh, you know, Derek Henry's RB one, uh, I did take the under 105 and a half rushing yards earlier in the week. Um, he's still going to get volume. It's just, if there were ever a time to potentially fade Derek Henry, especially in a showdown slate, this might be it. Uh, would not surprise me if he has a good game tonight, but, uh, the bills defense is no joke. So they could ball him up, you know, force Tannehill, uh, to beat him tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in our prize pick a lead entry segment, but I mm-hmm. think there is a way to kind of play Derrick Henry tonight. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but who do you like? Yeah, some lower cost guys, contrarian plays, cheat codes for the Titanville showdown. So I, I think some of the cheat, so I already mentioned, you know, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, you can't go wrong with them. So it's, you know, somewhere you're going to have to be contrarian. So I think the cheat codes for me are these Titans pass catching backs. We don't really know if. Jeremy McNichols is going to play tonight. He's dealing with an ankle issue. Darrington Evans, a uh, very talented second-year player. He, he could be coming off the IR. Um, if w- only one of these players is suiting up and the other is out, I will be all over them. Um, you know, McNichols has averaged 4.6 targets a game this season. This is a potential negative game script. You know, playing one of these guys is the ultimate leverage play if you're fading Derrick Henry on a team. And you've said it best. Like, when you're, you're making these showdown slates, you kind of want to tell a story with each lineup, like how will will the game go? So if Derrick Henry is phased out, it's a negative game script. One of these pass catching backs can step up and get, you know, five catches in this game and be a slate breaker. So I'll be looking there. We Again, we don't, we need to wait for the injury report. We don't know who's going to be active. And the other guy on the bill side, the, the ultimate leverage play for the bills is Gabe Davis. Our, our favorite guy that only runs around 20% of the time this year. He's always a big play waiting to happen. And, you know, if Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, Manny Sanders or Dawson Knox gets banged up and has to miss the series or two, he's going to be on the field even more. So he's the ultimate 
ultimate upside dart throw here. So that's why I think Gabe Davis is also a, cheat, a potential cheat code for the showdown slate. Yeah, man. Pour one out for my Gabe Davis shares in best ball. Like, I loved uh, him They could still pan out. They could still pan out. Yeah. I mean, we're almost a third through the season. It's not looking too <laughs> promising. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has just played really well. Yeah. Um, which has kind of limited Davis. But, uh, yeah, he's the type of guy you play in these slates. I really like the Bills defense in this spot. I think that they're a very interesting cheat code because, you could, number one, you could stack them with Zach Moss. And I still don't think Zach Moss will be owned heavily enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the potential game script that could could unfold here. And what I like even more, the Bills are top in run and pass defense. They're like top three in both in DVOA. Every area of the field in pass defense, they're really good. Uh, and they're number one in pressure rate. Tennessee is 31st in offensive line and pass blocking efficiency. So this is just a like – stack fest turnover fumble six waiting to happen type of situation (laughs) here for the for the buffalo bills so i I think that that's somebody i'd look at if i'm looking at the titans um yeah i i was looking at that mcnichols status Mm -hmm. as well Uh, another guy i think you know if you're looking for a pass catcher that might benefit from some garbage time i think it's marcus johnson he actually Mm -hmm. was the team's he ran more routes than chester rogers uh, Josh Reynolds last week. So Johnson was 77%. Reynolds was just 23%. Cam Batson, just 4%. Uh, and Rogers, uh, 62%. So Johnson all camp, they were saying that it was him and not Josh Reynolds that had won that wide receiver three job. But then I think Reynolds, both of them got hurt. So then it like, no, like then Chester Rogers just kind of came out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. all camp, they were saying it was Johnson and, you know, Brown would kick inside or Julio would kick inside. So uh, I would actually look for Johnson. He's still super cheap uh, to be that guy if anyone, you know, all those other guys, um, you know, because there's there's kind of question marks about Julio's health, as you said, AJ's health. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnson got a couple of catches down the field, which is really all he would need to pay off his his salary. Yeah, I, I love that call. Uh, I was reading the same reports as you this offseason. He, he was tearing up camp. Um, and he's really in a competition with Chester Rogers for that wide receiver three role. And Rogers is dealing with a groin injury. Um, so, you know, even if Julio Jones and AJ Brown suit up, you know, Julio might be on the sideline, you know, <laughs> taking a couple series off here or there. So, yeah, certainly for a showdown slate, a guy like Marcus Johnson's a, a great play. All right. That is going to wrap up our showdown breakdown for Monday night week six. Next up on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. For tonight, we'll do Monday Night Football. Sean, start us off with your uh, Prize Pick Elite Entry for Bills Titans. So I, I'm going with Manny Sanders under 54 and a half receiving yards tonight. I'd actually prefer taking the under four and a half receptions. Right now it's four. But keep an eye on that. It could go up to four and a half. I love the under there as well. But when it comes to Manny Sanders, I mean, you can't argue he's having a fantastic season. You know, he came in to compete with Gabe Davis for the wide receiver role, and he has just run away with it. So Sanders is having an amazing season. Um, his catch rate of 61% is pretty high, considering his dot is all the way up to 16.5 this year. Typically, a player with an dot that high would have a catch rate closer to 54%. And if you look at his catch rate for deep balls, uh, so yards, uh, passes down the field 20 yards or more, he's caught five of those nine targets 
Um, so, you know, he could see some negative regression there. On the other side, Stefan Diggs is due for some massive positive regression in that department. So, you know, I think this play is also expecting Stefan Diggs to have a massive game. Cole Beasley to break out after only seeing two targets each of the past two games. Um, Dawson Knox to continue his hot stretch. So, you know, while I do like Sanders, he has a high ceiling in this game. I think when you're attacking his median here, uh, it makes sense to go under 54 and a half receiving yards. And if it goes up to four and a half receptions, that as well. Yeah, he's a boomer bust guy. And mm-hmm. again, this could be a tough spot for Tennessee on offense. So they might just not need it, you know, from Sanders in this one. Like I would definitely consider him in some captain spot in DFS. Oh mentioned. yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that, that is a pretty high median. Manny. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going with Derrick Henry over 13 and a half receiving yards. And we kind of hit on it. Uh, you know, Jeremy McNichols is banged up. But even with McNichols healthy, Derrick Henry's been seeing a lot more action in the receiving game. Uh, he's actually g- gone for 19 yards or more in four of his five games. The only game he didn't was last week against Jacksonville. And that was really the only game that Tennessee uh was leading by a substantial margin you know they won 37 to 19 in both losses henry had at least 19 yards and then you know in two wins that were you know one was by nine the other was by three uh he had 55 yards in the seattle game in overtime and uh 31 on three catches against tennessee so i think especially you know you you kind of mentioned it you're on the under of his rushing prop i think they might they just might have to pass more this might not be a game where you can run you know 28 29 30 times with henry period and so in that case the games where that happens they usually use him more as a receiver and then it's the games where you know he carries like 35 times sometimes they, they can dial it back so i really like henry over this uh, 13 and a half number. I think one way or another, uh, no matter if Evans or McNichols is active, um, I, I just think Henry's in a good spot to see uh, an uptick in receiving usage. Yeah, yeah, I like this as well. Like, like you mentioned, I took the under 105 and a half rushing yards way earlier in the week. But, um, you know, if they can't get it going on the ground, what better way to get Henry involved than in the passing game? Um, and yeah, there's there's a chance that McNichols and Evans are inactive tonight. And in that scenario, <laughs> you know, Henry's uh, uh, locked to go over this. Um, so yeah, I like getting on this early just based on that possibility. But either way, he's gone over this number four out of five times this year. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with this at all. Buffalo is top four versus number one wide receivers, number two wide receivers, <laughs> other wide receivers, and tight end. The only position they are not top four in DVOA, uh, according to Football Outsiders, is running backs. They're, they're still 11, but uh, you could certainly see, you know, Tennessee feeding their best player in, in the passing game a couple of times. So uh, to recap, Sean is going Emmanuel Sanders under 54 and a half receiving yards. Uh, and I'm going Derrick Henry over 13 and a half receiving yards. That is our prize pick. Elite entry for today. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They will match your first deposit up to $100, or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. All right, now back to the show. All right, now let's get into waiver pickups for week seven. We have six teams on by the Bills, the Steelers, the Jags, the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Vikings. So there's some big name players out, uh, especially at, you know, uh, quarterback, running back, receiver. So we'll kind of figure out who are the the, the priorities uh, to pick up and just some streaming options uh, as well. Sean, let's start at quarterback. 
Josh Allen's on by, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott. So quite a few guys that people have to replace. I mean, I'm looking at the the, the potential streamers, and it, I'm, it's not looking too promising. I mean, there are a lot of guys I feel like you could consider, but no one stands out. So tell me if any of these guys stand out to you. Uh, Daniel Jones against Carolina, Justin Fields against Tampa Bay, Teddy Bridgewater against Cleveland, uh, Tua Tungavailoa against Atlanta or Matt Ryan in that same game against Miami, uh, or Derek Carr against Philadelphia. I think the three that are standing out right now are Derek Carr. Um, right now, he's my QB8. Again, it's early in the week, but like you said, there's six teams on by. So it doesn't take much to get in the top 10 right now. So Derek Carr's a top in my, you know, initial models. Um, but I think, you know, we were talking Matt Ryan's a potentially good play. We need to monitor, um, you know, the Miami cornerback situation, but Matt Ryan could sneak in my top 10 this week and more of a long-term play. I think Tua makes sense. Um, you know, he faces the Falcons this week, but you know, his schedule looks really good next few weeks. So he has the Falcons this week, um, next week he plays the bills. So we know to bench him, but then he has the Texans after that. So he'd make a pretty solid, you know, three week rental. Um, if you're hurting at quarterback. So he's, he's more of a long-term player right here, but certainly short-term, I think Derek Carr and Matt Ryan for me. Yeah. Carr, Ryan and Tua are kind of hovering right in my top 12 in my early projections. I don't feel great about that. I've noticed that Derek Carr actually tends to be, really good against like man coverage heavy teams. And the mm. Broncos are such because, you know, we don't think of cars like a downfield thrower, but that's the same thing defenses are thinking. And then he just seems to be attacking these one-on-one coverage. It's kind of like last year with Nelson Aguilar. Um, yeah. And and he's putting up these massive numbers against these kind of teams like Baltimore, Denver, he did it against. So, but Philly's such a zone heavy team that I could see that being somewhat of a trap. So I'm trying to like find a better option. Like hopefully we get those corners out for Miami again. Then I think Matt yeah. Ryan with Gage back, with Calvin Ridley back, yep. with Kyle Pitts breaking out. I think he would probably be the guy. Um, Ryan Tannehill against KC, if he's not rostered, uh, I think will be an mm-hmm. option if, if the Tennessee guys stay healthy through this Bills game. Uh, and his stock will probably be down. So I could see him, uh, using him as well. But um, what about Daniel Jones? I just want to talk about him because I feel like it was a couple of weeks ago we were like, all right, Daniel Jones probably has to be rostered everywhere for the rest of the year, then he gets concussed, then he comes back and just plays horribly. Now, the Rams' D is going to be tough for any any team. I mean, they did underperform a little bit, but Raheem Morris is such a good coordinator. They have so much – they still have high-end talent that I think they'll get better throughout the year, so I'm not going to hold that against him. He's still, in early projections, my QB 13. Um, any thoughts on him? Um, I'm pretty I'm, – I'm assuming we're off Darnold. Like, it's only yeah. Darnold. Yeah, so, so what do we think of Daniel Jones here? Because he still has that rushing upside. Yeah, I'm still interested in Daniel Jones. We need to see what's up with Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and to a lesser extent, you know, Darius Slayton. But, you know, when Kadarius Tony went out of the game, you know, that was a huge loss. And and we'll talk about Tony later, but Tony had three catches for 36 yards on what the first four plays. Yep. Um, so once he went down, it, it really, um, you know, tied Daniel Jones down and, you know, he played like crap the rest of the way. But I'll be interested in him once he gets all of his pass catchers back. So, He's, he's a guy that we'll reevaluate later in the week. But the, the one guy that I wanted to get your opinion on is Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, because we finally saw his his rushing upside. Like, it, it's always been there, and it finally broke out. And now he gets the Buccaneers, which should be a good passing matchup. But can we trust him? He, he's only gone over 200 yards once now, and that was only 209 yards. 
against the Lions. It seems like a good spot for Justin Fields, but right now he's still outside my top 20. Uh, where do you think you're going to be ranking him this week? I could see him borderline QB1. I'm, I would yeah. say bold prediction, this will be Justin Fields' best game of the mm-hmm. season. You know why? The, what have the Bears been doing on early downs, running like two-thirds at a time? What does no one do <laughs> against Tampa yeah. Bay? Run the football. So it's like, okay, what's going to probably happen is they'll, they'll still use the heavy personnel and they'll max protect, but you're facing a Tampa defense. Richard Sherman's out now. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to – you know, they're going to give up numbers to quarterbacks. They have given up the six most fantasy points per game to the position. And this is also probably the best offense the Bears mm-hmm. are going to face. So, because Aaron Rodgers has been struggling under pressure. So, that even that Green Bay game was somewhat of a slog. I think Adams only had, what, four catches in that game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is, a, this is a ripe spot where this is where we'll know like what Justin Fields will be in fantasy. Like if we can, if he goes off here, I think we can trust him in certain matchups. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, then it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much it's over. For him. Yeah. It's over <laughs> Well, for this year anyway, but yeah. 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 The Buccaneers, I mean, even Levante David um, could end up being a game time decision. If he's out, that's going to help. So this is, I agree. This is a matchup where if Justin Fields cannot crush, um, then we, we just can't trust him going forward. Um, but I, I agree. And right now, like I said, he's my QB 23. But the, the more I look into this matchup, the more I do think he's going to have that QB one upside. And we already mentioned, you know, six teams are on a bye. So it won't take much to be QB one uh, potential this week. So um, I, I expect his rank to, to rise as the week unfolds. Yeah, and I would guess they use him as like an extension of the running game so they don't yeah. have, because they don't want to hand off to their third string rookie oh i mean maybe damian williams will be back we'll see but um herbert looked good out there all right so final final decision though you have to pick one quarterback to add this week out of all the guys we talked about who's it gonna be uh i'm still thinking Derek carr i I think he does provide that high floor if if you're streaming a quarterback this week you just need x amount of points uh really so i think Derek carr's the guy um and you know he's been a little bit off the past couple of games but he bounced back against denver it was interesting to see how he would fair with John Gruden now I think it's it's not going to be an issue going forward necessarily so I think guys just lean on Carr this week for the the, the safety yeah I'll go Carr as well but Fields is uh he's he's mm-hmm. intriguing all right uh let's go to running back we have Ezekiel Elliott Dalvin Cook Najee Harris James Robinson and Austin Eckler just just a couple of no-name fantasy guys <laughs> on buys this week so and that's in addition to the fact that Kareem Hunt owners and potentially Nick Chubb owners might have to find a replacement. Uh, so just a lot going on, a lot of carnage uh, and whatnot at running back this week. Going to be tough. Uh, let's start with Cleveland. Kareem Hunt's definitely going to miss the game. Nick Chubb, uh, I don't know. It's not looking great. Maybe they rested him you know, or held him out because they wanted to play him in this Thursday game. But uh, is Demetric Felton, the rookie, or Dearness Johnson – worth a speculative ad at this point? Or how are you treating this Cleveland situation? Yeah, I think Dearness Johnson would probably be the lead back. Um, and yeah, like like you said, like I, I thought Chubb might be out a couple of games. And now they play in the short week and they're saying he's questionable. I have no idea what's going on there, but it would not surprise me if he ends up sitting out. And Dearness Johnson would be that guy, I think, that we could bank on like 15 plus touches. Um, Felton's the, the pass catching back. I think that... Um, you know, certainly worth a flyer as well. Maybe, you know, when it comes to showdown slates, 
but I think Dearness Johnson would be that guy. So he'd be a speculative, you know, lotto flyer uh, earlier in the week. You know, stranger things have happened, and we should know uh, that you know that situation earlier in the week. So I think he he's certainly a good add this week. Um, definitely a sneaky play, but um, that's the situation I'm be monitoring heavily because if if Chubb does play with with Cream Hunt now, I, I mean he could be a top three back. Um, so a lot, lot to unpack the next couple of days for that situation. Yeah, because Felton, you know, he and Dearness Johnson both played 12 offensive snaps last week, mm-hmm. but Felton actually didn't play out of the backfield. He was right. he was used as a wide receiver, which was odd. I mean, not that odd. I guess, you know, Kareem Hunt was active, so uh, he didn't get hurt until late in the game. But, you know, I did notice that. I, I think Felton would be that backup running back uh, to, to Johnson if they were both out. So, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, he's not guaranteed uh, any workload, but I could see him. I could see them eventually using him in like a Cordero Patterson type role. Um, you know, yeah. if, he, if he gets more acclimated or sort of, I, the, yeah. I guess, sort of the cream hunt role in this offense, whereas Dearness Johnson is nowhere near a Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, Nick Chubb. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be Dearness, our nickname for Dearness Johnson. Dearness, Nick Chubb. Dearness Johnson is definitely Nick Chubb. <laughs> Um, but he would, he'd be the only back that could get like 15 plus carries. Maybe Andy Janovich, uh, would be like the goal line back. I don't know. It's a disaster. He hurt? He's, I think it's Johnny. Uh, he's, I was going to say he's hurt too. They would, they would have to call somebody up. Um, but yeah, right now, Darren's Johnson is Nick Chump. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So definitely worth the speculative ad. Speaking of speculative ads, Alex Collins took over in the third quarter and second half. Uh, against Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. Uh, but in the process, he hurt his glute and I think something else too. I think he's got a couple <laughs> of injuries there. So he just kind of ran himself ragged. Uh, now Seattle uh, looks like they're getting Rashad Penny back uh, this week, uh, you know, as early, the earliest they can possibly get him back. So that indicates he's probably healthy um, after the three game stint on IR. DJ Dallas also had nine touches for 50 yards. They've been using him uh, as a, a pass catching back. So, so we know Seattle is going to, have to run like they're going to have to run even against a good running team in Pittsburgh. When they got down and back was against the wall coming out of halftime, they went right to the run game to try to open it up for Gino. But just like Pittsburgh, it's really tough to run on new Orleans. So if, whether it's like, if it's Collins, do you trust Collins? Uh, or, or are you adding penny? If, if we get word that like Collins is probably going to miss, or is this just a complete uh, waste of time? This well, it's it's borderline waste of time. But if Collins is out, certainly Rashad Penny is worth a flyer. But like you said, they face the Saints, and here on the Fancy Flex, we don't like playing running backs against the Saints. Yep. Uh, but there, there's so many good backs on a buy. You, you might not have a choice. So right now, I have Alex Collins like RB 28, 30, that kind of range. So he's not like in a smash spot. But um, with Penny back in the fold, this could be sort of a running back by committee. I'm less interested now that, you know, they're being led by Geno Smith. If, if Russell Wilson were healthy and playing, we'd want to take a flyer here. But just right now, I, I'm sort of avoiding the Seahawks offense in general. Um, so in deeper leagues, sure, take a flyer on Rashad Penny. But I, I just wouldn't expect much over these next couple weeks. Yeah, Saints, just 275 rushing yards on 97 carries Jeez. to opposing backfields. That's under three yards a pop. But the silver lining They've allowed multiple touchdown games in back-to-back games, one to Saquon Barkley uh, and one to Antonio Gibson. So that's kind of the the upside why I would at least monitor the situation. I think Collins is probably playable as a low-end RB2 uh, if he goes. 
Carol really likes him a lot more than Rashad Petty. Like I like yeah. Petty is probably even more. It's probably a banged up Alex Collins probably has a higher floor and ceiling than like a healthy Penny with Collins out because Pete Carroll <laughs> yeah. just doesn't like him and will play Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas, yeah, yeah. So, so next week, next week though, the, the Seahawks play the Jaguars at home. So that's certainly a spot where we'll be interested in the Seattle backfield. But this week yeah. against the Saints, this is probably an avoid. Yeah. Uh, okay, Baltimore. I mean, Latavius Murray came out of the gate hot, got a touchdown, but then Le'Veon Bell got a touchdown. <laughs> Devontae Freeman got a touchdown. They play a much tougher run defense against Cincinnati. Um, you know, Murray's probably not available. I still think he's the guy to own in that backfield. But are you reading anything into this, you know, Devontae Freeman with nine touches for 53 and a touchdown, Le'Veon Bell? Um, or, or is it just kind of like they're going to deactivate one of these guys every week and you want no parts of it uh, aside from Murray? Yeah, I, I probably don't want to invest in anybody outside of Murray. And even Murray himself is going to be frustrating because, I mean, this is a three-way committee, it seems. And, you know, they got to compete with Lamar Jackson. I think they all benefit, benefited from the positive game script. I mean, the Chargers really didn't have a chance this game. And, you know, we, we ended up seeing a Tyler Huntley fourth quarter. So at any time we have those situations, you know, all these running backs are going to feast. So going forward, Murray's the only guy I think you can trust. And like you said, I think, you know, next week it wouldn't surprise me if they have Tyson Williams in and one of these uh, veterans out. It's it just a, it, it's a nightmare. But um, I, I think Latavius Murray still could be, you know, an RB3 flex, especially with these heavy bye weeks coming up. So he's the only guy out of these three I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. If you have Murray, you're probably starting him as RB2 next week because there's just so many guys on by. Like, if you need him, yeah. <laughs> you're probably starting him. Uh, a couple yeah. of other guys I wanted to talk about, and it's pretty disgusting, but they are getting some usage, so we should talk about them. Maybe they're available. Um, Mark Ingram, 18 touches per game over the last two games. They're a 17-point underdog against <laughs> Arizona. But, I mean, 18 touches a game is 18 touches a game. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? And if it's between him – and a guy like Michael Carter, uh, only a seven-point underdog against the Patriots. I, Carter, 13 and a half touches per game uh, and a touchdown in each of his last two games. Do you just have to kind of hold your nose and, and add these guys or, or any thoughts on them? I, I think I, out of these two, I would definitely choose Michael Carter. Um, you know, Mark Ingram, is, it, you know, 17-point underdog or whatever the spread is now. That's not really a Mark Ingram game script. You know, Laramie Tunsil's on IR. This is a situation to avoid. In my opinion, um, where's Michael Carter? I mean, he he did look good in the London game. Um, he is now outpacing all other backs and, you know, routes run. And I think when it when it comes to a team like the Jets, we do want the, the pass catching back. And that's certainly Michael Carter's skill set. So I think after the bye, we could see Michael Carter's role expand um, heading into this week. You know, he's my RB 27. He's on that RB two RB three fringe. We've said it all along. Like it would not surprise us if Carter's role only grows as the season goes on. So, well, well, I don't think he's like in a smash spot this week. I think Carter has the most upside of these kind of like fringy running back. So it's going to be Carter for me this week. I have Carter a couple of spots higher than Ingram uh, in my initial projections. Uh, I think Ingram is still worth an ad. Uh, maybe you need him as a flex or something because mm-hmm. Arizona is allowing 5.1 yards per carry to backs. So well, well, it's not a Mark Ingram game script. It's a Mark Ingram game plan. Like you're going to come into the game hoping to get Mike Mark Ingram another 20 touches. So um, I think at least for this week, I would consider him. Um, but yeah, it, the floor is obviously super low for these guys. But 
Yeah. So if, I mean, any of the guys we talked about, uh, I'll take out Murray cause I'm sure he's already rostered, but uh, who would you, who's kind of that like number one uh, priority. It's, it's pretty dire, but. Yeah, I think, well, short term, it might be Dearness Johnson. I mean, he has massive upside if Nick Chubb is ruled out. So he would be the best home run swing for this week. But long term, I, I still think it's Michael Carter. Um, I, again, like last week or two weeks ago, they, they had the bye last week. Um, you know, he had a 43% routes run rate. I, I, I think his role is only going to grow. Um, he's a talented rookie back. So I think long term, it's probably Carter for me out of these out of these backs. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's probably, if we're looking for under 50% rostered guys, I'd probably go with a guy like Mark Ingram. He's at 32% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, but I agree. I think long-term Carter's definitely higher. Um, and uh, I think you go ahead and add Dearness, um mm-hmm. just in case. And one more guy I actually wanted to mention, Marlon Mack could get traded at any moment. Um is, is like, I mean, it's so bad with these bye weeks and not really any great waiver ads. Is he someone that maybe you pick up just in case he gets traded this week, or is that would he not would he still be like too low? It's like too much of a long shot, I guess. I, I mean, it's it's worth a flyer. Like, what I'm trying to think of a team where if he gets traded, we would be like, oh wow, he's like a low end RB2 now. Um, not the 49ers, but um, you could do worse than take. I love taking flyers like that. Uh, but I just can't envision a scenario where he's traded to a team and he's all of a sudden an RB2. So that's why I still think, you know, Michael Carter um, would be the, the flyer. Um, I need to see his roster ship per, uh, percentage, but Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, I was about to maybe Stevenson. be a better flyer because um, I, I think he had a he had another fumble. Uh, he missed a really bad pass block that led to Mac Jones. Um, getting sacked so he might be back in Bill Belichick's doghouse but he did look good as a pass catcher um you know with James Whiteout that role's been open um and Brandon Bolden's kind of been filling in for now but uh you know they either want J.J. Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson to step up so I think Stevenson is an interesting flyer um where he's you know Damian Harris injury away of being an RB2 so I think I'd rather have a guy like Stevenson or Carter um, as opposed to Marlon Mack because as you saw I'm kind of stumped and thinking of a scenario where Marlon Mack is traded to a team um, and he's an RB two. So unless you, you can think of a team that, that needs a running back where um, if he was traded to where he'd be an RB two, let me know. Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Oh yeah. For the well, Seattle, Seattle, he, he Cleveland. two days, two days yeah. to learn the playbook. Yeah. yeah. That the playbook is run. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, anything to let Baker Mayfield not have to throw the ball. It's, yeah. It's the Cleveland playbook. Oh, you know who I'm going to go with actually? Here's a guy we didn't mention, but he's right at 50%. Uh, Sony mm. Michelle. The, the Rams are playing yep. Detroit this week and they're 15 and a half point favorites. This is a game where Henderson could get his and Sony Michelle uh, could still get double digit touches. So that's actually the guy that, that, I'll, that I'll throw out there. I think he's just as worth of an ad yeah. uh, as a guy like uh, Ingram uh, or Carter if he's not rostered. Yeah. And I, I mean, Sony Michelle is the, the classic high upside backup running back I love, where if, yeah. you know, Henderson were to ever miss time, Michelle would be at least an RB2, potentially. RB1 value, depending on how much they get involved in the passing game. But yeah, if, if Sony Michelle is available and you have a spot on your bench, certainly add him. Yeah, he's 50% in Yahoo, so I'm guessing he's around uh, 
Um, you know, he's like, it's right on that brink. Well, like yeah. half of the listeners, will, you guys will probably yeah. still have them. Half of you won't. But I mean, that's what we're here for. We're, you know, talking about mm-hmm. the guys that are kind of on, on those fringes. So, um, and, and, you know, because I'm oh, Elijah Mitchell, you mentioned San Francisco. He's rostering about two thirds of leagues, but tough matchup this week against Indianapolis. They're number two in run defense, DVOA coming into to this week. So, um, you know, he's another guy that people may want to think about benching. So yeah, it's just a tough week at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, hope, hopefully that helped out uh, a little bit. Sony, Michelle, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ingram, Carter, uh, Dearness Johnson. All right. Let's quickly talk about some wide receiver situations. Again, a lot of good players on by CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Jefferson, Thielen. Allen, your boy, Mike Williams, um, uh, Deontay, Claypool, Claypool, uh, Diggs, Marvin Jones. I mean, this is just, yeah, this is a lot. So, uh, first things first, um, Michael Thomas, I just wanted to talk about him. If he's back, do we trust him immediately? Um, as a starter in fantasy, like he's eligible to come out off, off this week. We don't know as we're recording this on Monday, if he will, but if he is, are you immediately saying, okay, I got to start him this week. It's five. It's crazy. We need to uh, <laughs> I mean, potentially we'll have to hear or read like what the practice reports are. Certainly um, there's so many, you just listed off a ton of good receivers out this week where he could end up being, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I wouldn't rush to jam in my lineup. Um, this saints offense uh, does not remind me of the, the saints offenses. We, you know, we had Michael Thomas as a wide receiver one. So um, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden be a wide receiver one when he comes back. Um, so let's wait and see with him. He could end up being on the wide receiver three um, sort of fringe, but I haven't heard enough um, for him to be confident one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd start him if he plays, he's going to get to Seahawks. Like, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. The matchup. <laughs> would the, yeah. That. That's you got to kind of take that and just yeah. if you, live with it. If you know, if he burns you, you kind of live with it. Uh, if you have one of those studs on by, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, all right. Sterling Shepard was only owned about half of, of Yahoo weeks. He got 10 catches. So make sure um, he's mm-hmm. owned. Um, Kadarius, Tony, we'll see, we'll see what's up with him. But uh, um, same thing. If you've been, if you've been stashing T.Y. Houghton, uh, I think you started him this week. Paris Campbell looks like he's done for the season. Zach Pascoe, I don't think got a target last week. T.Y. was being used down the field. He had 70 yards and three catches. I think his, his usage only goes up uh, if, if he's in the lineup. Uh, what do you think about Rashad Bateman? 67% routes run in his first game. Now, obviously that's with Sammy Watkins out. Yeah, I, I think he's obviously worth a flyer. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see like how he, he fits in this offense with Sammy Watkins in there, but he has the talent. Lamar Jackson has looked great this season. So I, I'd be more willing to invest in Rashad Bateman than I was earlier in the season. So if he's out there and you need that, that upside, he's certainly worth a flyer. Donovan Peoples-Jones, four catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, even without the Hail Mary, he did look good out there. Yeah. Now, it's a short week, uh, so people are going to kind of remember that and, and maybe get tempted to start him if their roster is looking bare. Um, but is this just another David Njoku situation? Is he going to get, like, two, two catches this week at six yards? Yeah, yeah, probably. He's he's always had this type of upside, and it was kind of the perfect storm. You know, Odell missed some time due to a shoulder injury. It was a trailing game script. Um, so yeah, I would avoid him and Jarvis Landry is going to be back very soon. Um, so it, it's sort of a flash in the pan thing. Don't, don't chase this production. AJ green, five catches, 79 yards and a touch Christian Kirk, five seventy-five and a touch. Uh, do we trust any of these guys against Houston? 
the game script, I mean, it's probably not going to be great if they really win by 17, but if they win by 17, it's likely because Kyler Murray has a big day. So what do you think of, uh, of these guys? Uh, AJ Green's under 50% owned in, in Yahoo. Yeah, this is, I mean, we, we always talk about this, but it's going to be sort of like musical chairs where one of these guys is going to be the odd man out every week. There's just too many mouths to feed. Now they have Zach Ertz. Uh, you called AJ Green last week. Like it's uh, the receivers that line up on the right side against the Browns, right? So you, you called that one, but, you know, Rondell Moore is going to have a big game soon. So um, it, it's just what we need to expect when all these guys are healthy is, you know, they're going to be inconsistent, but have some spiked weeks. So this week against Houston, you know, we're not surprising if two or three of these guys are, goes off and one is the odd man out. So we're going to have to just kind of like uh, hope and pray when we play these guys going forward. Yeah, I've had a decent read on, on Cardinals receivers this mm-hmm. year, I think. Um, what I've started to notice, and one thing, I mean, they, they do like to spread it around. Like that's been a goal, kind of like Cincinnati talked about earlier in the year when they were trying to spread it around. Um, but one thing that, and the numbers back this up, AJ Green is, has been the guy against zone coverage. And you could, and you could see it watching Christian Kirk. Usually when they get, when they, when they get man-to-man coverage, uh, Kyra goes to Christian Kirk. That doesn't happen often now because it's usually on third downs. You don't want to blitz Kyler Murray on early downs and, and and turn, you know, like have defenders in man coverage turned around and you could just run. But sometimes on third, they end up, you know, trying to get the ball out. Uh, so they'll bring a blitz and Christian Kirk will be manned up. But uh, going against Houston, they play almost all cover that Tampa too. So that's a zone coverage. They're not going to blitz very much. They're not going to get much pressure. So this is kind of an AJ Green matchup where you don't expect you know, Kirk is going to be super efficient, I think, just because mm-hmm. of the kind of targets he's getting, like single coverage from one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing it. But I think this is this does kind of feel more like an A.J. Green game. And then Rondell Moore, he's always the the wild card. Like, I think you could do worse um, than him. But yeah. like from a numbers perspective, I think A.J. Green is the safest bet among the non Hopkins guys this week. Um, and I guess let's just talk about Zach Ertz. I, we'll get mm-hmm. to tight end. But, um, you know, he's obviously going to command more targets per route than a guy like Daryl Daniels or even Dan Arnold probably. So mm-hmm. um, did last year. So, so what are your thoughts on him and how he fits in? Is he startable because of Kyler Murray or are we kind of on a wait and see basis? Uh, sort of a wait and see. And this week, you know, just to start the week, I'm projected for two and a half receptions. It's kind of a placeholder. <laughs> we need to, we need to see if he can learn the playbook in a week. We saw Dan Arnold really just step in right away for the Jaguars, but um, right now he's my tight end 14. So I don't know if we could trust him this week, but going forward, you know, we, we like having pass catchers in this offense. I think really we're going to need one of these players to miss time uh, for, for the targets kind of like funnel to, to these guys. So it, it's just going to be a crapshoot every week. And we didn't even talk about him, but DeAndre Hopkins only saw four targets this week. I mean, he bailed out manage, his fancy managers with the two touchdowns, but I mean, he's going to have to get his share going forward too. So it's, I, I just think this is a really finicky situation where I think, you know, all these guys are going to be um, somewhat inconsistent, but um, they're really tough to project right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, but you kind of have to, I mean, you probably just start them and, and I mean, Arizona could put up 50 points on Houston this week. Yeah. Right? yeah well, let's, let's just put it this way. You know who this is good for? Kyler Murray. I mean, right. he has so many weapons right yeah. now. Um, so yeah, this is all really, really good for Kyler Murray, but unfortunately, like I said, like, one or two of these guys, if they were to miss time, then we could be really confident about these guys. But uh, there's just too many mouths to feed in this offense. Henry Ruggs, uh, three catches, 97 and a touch against Denver. I don't feel great about him against Philly because, again, Ruggs is another one of these guys. He's benefited a lot from that, like, single coverage. The teams blitz and play a lot of man. 
uh, you know, like Denver does. I just, I don't know if Philly, you know, they play that quarters for deep coverage in zone. I don't know if that's the kind of like rugs blow up spot. So um, are, are, do you trust him uh, this week against uh, well, Philly? It's always hard to trust Henry Ruggs because he does have that low floor, but I, this season he hasn't really had that low of a floor. Like even his duds, um, like week one, two catches for 46 yards and week five, three catches for 51 yards aren't like that bad. So I think he's worth, you know, if he's your wide receiver three or flex and you have a bunch of guys on by this week, he's worth his upside. And even when he has been, um, you know, failing you, he, he's still been getting some stats. So I think I, I've been down on rugs quite a bit, but I think going to this week, uh, you know, if you're an underdog, you need that upside. I think he could do worse. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. With on by rugs. Mooney's another guy. I think mm-hmm. uh, you play this week against Tampa. He's averaging 68 oh, yeah. yards on four, ca- over four catches over the last three. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think you probably stick with him. He's got five plus catches in three straight. The yardage 53, um, you know, average, not, not, crazy but not terrible either um <laughs> yeah, if, Robbie if, Anderson. Uh, oh, well sorry. if 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 five catches for 50 yards and no touchdown is your thing then Amal Rant St. Brown is your guy because you know exactly what you're getting every <laughs> week uh so in deeper PPR leagues uh he has a very high floor but very low ceiling it seems so uh, we kind of know who he is at this point well yeah Jared Goff has a low ceiling. <laughs> yeah, exactly like, exactly St. Brown is a good player uh yep. Robbie Anderson though this is the one uh, that I mean it's one of those weeks where it would be great to start the guy that, you know, I mean, we were high on Robbie Anderson. We thought, you know, there was a chance he could kind of at least approach what DJ Moore was doing, especially with his former buddy, Sam Darnold back. Uh, and it just hasn't happened. He's got 29 targets over the last three weeks and just 10 catches. <laughs> like, I mean, can we, can we start him as a wide receiver three flex against the Giants? I think some people are going to have to, right? Cause so many people are on by right now. He's my wide receiver 30. Um, so he's in that sit start range, but like you said, he's seen the opportunity. Um, I was watching uh, a lot of that game and he made some really horrendous drops. I think it, it could sort of be a mental thing with uh, Robbie, but I think, you know, I, I, I like to, to back Robbie um, more times than <laughs> not. So I think I'll give him one more week. Um, and it looks like Terrence Marshall yeah. um, could be out this week. Uh, I, I, th- I believe he's in the concussion protocol. Um, so if he's out that, you know, we're going to see even more targets for Robbie, but this could be the last week for him. Um, and, you know, certainly against the giants, a bunch of teams are on by, I think I'm going to stick with him for one more week. Yeah. He's my wide receiver 35 in, in early projections, yeah. but that's still in that wide receiver three territory. Uh, okay. Uh, and then one more, I wanted to, to talk about Nico Collins. He had six targets. Um, this could be a, you know, throw heavy script. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he worth kind of like taking a flyer on, now, I don't know if he's startable, but uh, is he at least worth a, a stash maybe or, or you're kind of still lukewarm on him? Yeah, I wouldn't really trust him this week. Uh, Danny Amendola might return this week. Chris Conley will need to see what's up with him. But as long as Davis Mills is under center, the only guy I want to trust is Brandon Cooks. Um, I, I don't know if Mills can support two pass catchers right now. So I think Collins is more of a long-term ad for once Tyrod Taylor um, returns. And I, I was high on Collins heading into the season. I think he's a talented rookie receiver. So later in the season when, you know, they're dealing with negative game scripts and Tyrod Taylor's under center. Sure. Like I think he has the potential at least to be on that wide receiver three wide receiver four uh, cusp. Uh, all right. And then a tight end, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, Jared Cook are on by. Oof. I mean, the, cra- the crazy thing is that's like worth mentioning in its yeah. first place. Uh, so I'll start, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard, you know, he's kind of been, 
up and down, but you're you're starting him this week against Vegas with Earth out of the picture if he's off that COVID list, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, we were kind of making fun of people drafting him inside the, the top eight um heading into the season because they were banking on Zach Ertz to get traded. And finally that has happened. So now now we can treat uh Goddard as I think a well, definitely a top 10 uh going forward. But this week certainly um, you know, he's gonna be right on that top five uh cusp, just given all the guys that are out this week. So yeah, I think Goddard's in a uh, you know, safe play going forward. And in, t- in terms of like number one waiver priority um mm-hmm. goddard i mean he could be available but more likely than not he's not but ricky yeah. sales jones probably is uh he's 29 percent owned six catch uh six targets four catches 58 yards a touch uh against the chiefs now he plays green bay they, they entered the week 22nd in dvoa against tight ends so uh is he kind of your number one guy uh, oh yeah if you have a buy yep 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 we've been tooting his horn now for the past couple weeks i feel um, so his four catch, you know, 58 yard and a touchdown game was not surprising. He's basically, uh, the Logan Thomas role right now. Like I think last week he, he surpassed 90% routes run rate. So yeah, as long as Logan Thomas is out, uh, we're starting Ricky Seals Jones. And even once Log- Logan Thomas returns, I think he's going to eat into his workload. So I think I'm afraid this is lowered Logan Thomas's rest of season outlook, um, because I, I could see them being more of a 50, 50, timeshare um so yeah ricky seals jones in the meantime definitely a must add right now he's my tight end 10 if you could believe it so definitely yeah. the top streamer play this I week i think he's like my tight end like six like <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's bye weeks you know no argument here yeah that's i, I oh, no, no, no he's not, no he's 10 he's 10 okay sorry oh okay <laughs> i i thought i was i was thinking of who was i thinking of i don't know but uh anyway yeah he uh loves seals jones and he's actually available twice as much as Ertz because you know people were starting Ertz last mm-hmm. week so yeah, yeah. You know, make sure you take advantage of that. You know, don't just kind of, you know, somebody might just kind of sit tight with Ertz and it might be a, you know, a little extra chance mm-hmm. of getting sales Jones who I would absolutely start over Ertz. And then one more guy I wanted to mention was Hunter Henry. He's got a touchdown in three straight games going against the jets. Uh, I mean, only two catches last week, but in, in a tough week, is he worth a, a start here against New York? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's right on that cusp of the top 10 tight ends. He's really stepped up. The past few games, you know, Johnu Smith is sort of an afterthought. I, I guess they're treating him as the blocking tight end uh, and Hunter Henry is the pass catching tight end. So we care about that for fantasy. Last week, he finally crossed the 80% threshold and routes run. So, yeah, I'm all in on Hunter Henry this week and going forward. And I mean, imagine if Johnu Smith were to ever miss time. I mean, Hunter Henry could end up being a top five tight end. So, yeah, I love Hunter Henry this week and going forward. Yeah, and you might see Devin Asiasi run routes, and he gets targeted like 0% of the Zero, time. Yeah. Whereas, like, John Smith gets targeted <laughs> like 30% of the time when he's on the field. It's just that he's yep. not on the field enough. So uh, that would actually be amazing. That That's what I was thinking about. He's my tight end seven right now, Henry. So oh, I thought uh, you were going to say Asiasi. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my tight end Henry, like, yeah. I cannot argue with him being in your top seven. Yeah, yep. so, uh, yeah, good week for Henry. Uh, that's going to do it for the week number seven Fantasy Flex Waivers Pod will be back uh, Wednesday to break down the DFS main slate. Until then, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the Action Network app. Check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football rankings and projections. And check out fantasylabs.com for our DFS content models and tools. Until then, let's get this money. Money.